0: I came away from the Daily Center, folks, very thankful for the law, but more convinced than ever that this city, so awash with greed, desperately needs the gospel. Because the law won't change the greed that is in the human heart.
1: Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, for those who live outside the Chicago area, the Daily Center that you mentioned there, that's a government building in downtown Chicago. And I'm hoping that you were there for jury duty. (laughs) That's
0: exactly right. And glad to serve in that way. Another case of one company trying to get a lot of money out of another company. You know, the world never changes. And we are looking today at the book of Deuteronomy and the kindly laws that God put in there because God's people are called to be a compassionate society. And so it's fascinating. Deuteronomy has these laws that actually place restraint on greed and they give a break to the poorest people in the land. They speak powerfully to our culture today. And yet here's the problem, that laws can't change the human heart. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And that's why we're going to see actually God gives these laws and even his own people ignore them because actually
1: they're going to be pretty
0: costly to keep.
1: Well, we are in Deuteronomy 15. So if you can grab a Bible and join us there as we continue the message, love your neighbor as yourself. Here is Pastor Colin. I want us to see here what we learn about the stubbornness
0: of God's people. Remember that these are the words of Moses and that he is speaking here in Deuteronomy both as the lawgiver and also as a preacher. The two are mixed together. And if you look at chapter 15, for example, you will see that there are two specific laws. The first one in verse 1, where every seven years you must cancel debt, and the second one in verse 11 at the end of the section we read Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your brothers, towards the poor and the needy in your land. There are two commands. The second one is repeated in verse eight. But between these two commands, just two commands here, Moses is preaching. And he's preaching to the people about how it's not enough to have great laws that are given by God. You have to have a right heart. Otherwise, life is going to implode, even for the people of God. Notice that Moses warns them about four dangers. Verse seven, the first is a hard heart. If there is a poor man among your brothers, do not be hard-hearted. Then verse seven, a closed hand. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted. Rather be open-handed and freely lend your brother whatever he needs. Verse 9, there's the hard heart, there's the closed hand, there's the wicked thought. Verse 9, be careful that you do not harbor this wicked thought. Don't you love this? Here's the potential lender and he's harboring this wicked thought. The seventh year, the year of canceling debts is near so that you do not show ill will towards your needy brother and give him nothing, you see? Here's a potential lender. He's got the capacity to help his brother. And he's thinking, hey, it's year six. Am I sure I'm going to get this back? And he's no longer operating on the manner of kindness, which is what these laws are all about. And God says, be very careful. You don't have this wicked thought. Well, did that thought occur to you? It occurred to me. And if you say, it wouldn't occur to you, I don't believe you. (laughs) You'd think it, what you do and what I do. Well, maybe that's another question. Fourthly, a grudging spirit, verse 10. Give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. And indeed, that comes over into the New Testament in a phrase that we know well. The New Testament version of that is God loves a cheerful giver. Now, you see what Moses is doing here? Moses is saying, now look, there are these wonderful laws that I received directly from the finger of God. Moses went up Mount Sinai. God's immediate presence came down, and Moses received the most perfect laws that could ever be given, have ever been given in human society. But law has its limit. Every law has a loophole. There is no law law to which some person with an ingenious mind and a hard heart can't find a way around it. And Moses is saying, I'm giving you the very law of God. But it will not be of much use to you if you have a hard heart and you have a closed hand and you have a wicked thought and you have a grudging spirit. Here's the law of God himself, and Moses is saying, if you have a hard heart, you could sin against God even while you're keeping it. See, this is why in the New Testament we have this very clear teaching. It it speaks about what the law cannot do because it is weakened by the sinful nature. The law can't change the heart. Good laws only work well when there is a heart that reflects the spirit that is behind them. And that is what Moses is saying. Number four, the glory of God's son. We've seen the bounty of God's provision, the kindness of his law, the stubbornness of the human heart. Can't look at this scripture without seeing the glory of God's son. See, as you get your mind around these laws, here's the obvious question. Would you have liked to live under these laws? Now you have to think about that, you see, because if you're a borrower, it's great if you're in grinding poverty, you get this relief. But what if you're a lender? These laws were great for debtors who were unable to repay, but very, very tough on those who had provided a loan in the first place. See, God gave these wonderful laws as a, as a break um, on acquisition and as a relief in relation to those who had leased. But how often do you think these laws were actually kept? One thing to write them in a book. Another thing to put them into practice. DA Carson says the extent to which these statutes were ever enacted is disputed but there is very little evidence that they became widely observed in public law in the promised land. Are you surprised? Why would they not be enacted in public law in the promised land? Answer very simple. The people who had the power to proclaim the year of release never had the will to do so. Would have been too costly. So the history of Israel, despite the abundant provision of God, and despite the kindliness of God's love for the relief of poverty, because of human sinfulness, the history of Israel, like the history of the rest of the world, has been one of continuing frustration for the poor. Now that is why it is so striking, and it must have hit folks absolutely between the eyes, when the Lord Jesus Christ begins his public ministry, And in Luke chapter four and verse 18 and 19, he says these words. First, public utterances of the Lord Jesus. He says, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Then he says this, to release the oppressed. That word release is directly back to Deuteronomy chapter 15. I'm bringing the release, the canceling, the freeing, the unshackling, that is spoken of in Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 1, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, which of course was the Jubilee year. The Lord Jesus says, this is what I've come to do. God is saying, I am going to do for you what you have not done for each other. I've come to release you from an eternally crippling debt towards God. And of course, there was only one way in which that could happen. If someone owes you $1,000 and you release the debt, guess what you're down by? $1,000, right? You incur the loss in yourself. And so when Jesus goes to the cross, what is he doing? He is bearing our debt before God in himself. He bears our sins in his body on the tree. He assumes the loss. And in that way, he cancels our debt. And now he offers this release to all who will come to him in faith and in repentance. He offers it to you today. The release of your eternal debt before God, a full pardon paid for by his shed blood on the cross. God is saying, I am doing for you what you have not done for each other. Jesus says, I have come to proclaim the release. This is good news. This is eternal good news. The time, verse 2, the Lord's time for canceling debts has been proclaimed.
1: You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Love Your Neighbor as Yourself. We have to pause right here, but we'll get back to this message from Deuteronomy 15 in just a moment. If you joined us late, if you have to leave early, or you want to go back and listen to a broadcast again, a couple different ways you can do that. First, come to the website, OpenTheBible.org. There you can stream the program or download an MP3 for free. You can also get the Open the Bible app. That's free. You're going to find that at your app store. That's a great way to stay connected with Pastor Collins' teaching when you're on the go. So again, find the app for free at your app store, or come to the website, OpenTheBible.org. Dot org. Let's get back to the message. Once again from Deuteronomy chapter 15, here's Pastor Colin.
0: Look at the words in verse 11 for just a moment. I'm sure they'll seem familiar to you. There will always be poor people in the land. It's a striking contrast to verse 4, isn't it, where God says, There should be no poor in the land, no reason for it because of the abundance of provision, but because of human greed, here's what will be, not what should be, but what will be. There will always be poor people in the land. Now, if you recognize these words, you will probably recognize them because Jesus quoted them when Mary poured an expensive jar of perfume over the Lord before his crucifixion and you remember that Judas criticized and Judas said why wasn't this perfume sold for uh, sold and why wasn't the money used to give to the poor and you remember that Jesus defended Mary's action and he said John 12:28 you will always have the poor among you quoting from Deuteronomy 15 but you will not always have me now i mention this because some people have abused these words of Jesus, and they say, "Well jesus said, the poor you 'll have with you always," and they say it with a shrug well, the poor you 'll have with you always, so you know what can we do about it it 's just a fact of life as if it were part of being Christian to sort of walk away from it. That is why it is so important for us to read. This verse today in full. Because the context in Deuteronomy and chapter um, 15 is the only way in which we can understand the words that our Lord Jesus Christ quoted and what he meant by them. Look at the verse in full. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your brothers and towards the poor and the needy in your land. So anytime these words of our Lord Jesus are quoted, the poor you will have with you always, remember where they come from. It is not, hey, they'll always be poor, so we can't do anything. It is there will always be people in need. So God says, I command you to be generous. That's the lesson. And this culture of kindness is a distinctive calling of the church of our Lord Jesus Christ today. Folks, Jesus Christ has released us from a debt to God that we had no means we could possibly repay. And his spirit, the spirit of this Jesus, lives within his people. So acts of kindness that help people in great need has been from Acts and chapter two onwards a distinctive of the church of Jesus Christ. And kindness is to be shown to all. But I want you to notice in both Old Testament and New Testament that God calls us to acts of kindness, especially among his own people. Notice how often the word brother is used here in chapter 15, Verse two, cancel the loan to your fellow Israelite. Verse two, you shall not require payment from your fellow Israelite or brother. Verse four, there are to be no poor among you Verse 7, if there is a poor man among your brothers. Verse 9, do not show ill will towards your needy brother. Verse 11, I command you to be open-handed towards your brother. It, It makes you think of that question back in Genesis, remember? Am I my brother's keeper? You know the answer to that? No, you're your brother's brother, right? You are your brother's brother, and he's your brother, So the Lord is saying here in Deuteronomy, remember that there is a special bond in the family of God. Your brother is your brother. He says that in the New Testament as well. Yes, it is. While kindness is to be shown to all people, a special priority is to be given to the family of God. Galatians chapter six and verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, Let us do good to all people. There's the all people. But notice what comes next. Especially, so here's a priority, to those who belong to the family of believers. Now folks, one way in which we do this in our church here is through the Benevolent Fund, which you give to after we have communion on the first weekend of every month. Use that and it's being greatly used, especially in these times, much more than five or ten years ago. And it is used to help people both within the fellowship and it is also used to help large numbers of people who come here every week and receive help through the kindness and ministry of our lay people who do a marvelous, marvelous job of serving in these ways. But folks, I want you to understand this very clearly. That is only a very small part of it. The larger part by far, by far, is in the quiet acts of kindness that take place every week between one believer and another, one family and another, To the praise and the glory of God. I tell you. Things happen in the body of Christ. That don't happen anywhere else. And it is wonderful. To see the body of Christ in action. And I hope just as we think about the ways in which we have been blessed by others. What that's going to do in our hearts, as it's done in my heart again, thinking about it this week, is that it will encourage us to reflect kindness into the lives of others. Freely you have received. Now Jesus says, freely give. I don't often tell personal stories, but in these last moments, let me just tell you one thing that was huge. That happened to Karen and to myself, whenever I think about it, it still moves my heart with thanksgiving. It had never happened before. It has never happened again, nor do I expect it to. Coming to this country was a big stretch for us, and many of you who have come this way know exactly what I mean. Moving to another country, you begin life again. And we worked out what we felt that we were looking for in a home and what kind of mortgage we could afford and it didn't add up. And then I was told in a phone call that someone in the church had offered to give us an interest-free loan of $50,000 to help us buy a home when we came to America. I had never met this person Nothing like that had ever happened in my life before or since. I asked how long the loan would be for. The answer, repay it when you can. No paperwork, no schedule. It's amazing. We received the loan gratefully and took out a mortgage, put in our savings and bought the house that is still our home today. So now we had two loans, one from a mortgage company bearing interest, one interest-free with no repayment date. When someone shows you kindness, it will always test your heart. Always. I said to Karen, we have been shown an extraordinary kindness And after our giving to the Lord, our first priority must be to repay the kindness that has been shown to us. By the way, your first priority is always your giving to the Lord. If you're steaming into your mortgage and so proud about it, but you're doing it at the expense of giving to the Lord and you're saying, oh, one day in the future, I'll be generous, that day will not come. It'll always be another thing. Generosity is the habit of a heart developed over a lifetime. So we established our giving, started paying what we needed to on the mortgage, pulled in our belts, and made a plan to repay the extraordinary kindness in as short a period as we possibly could. And in God's goodness, we managed to do that in five years. The joy of inviting a couple who had shown us such kindness to our home to thank them and to repay the money A week later, Unlocking the Bible received a gift from the same person for (laughs) $50,000. It was an early gift that established a new ministry. And I was in awe. That experience has had a lasting effect on our lives Freely, freely you have received, freely, freely give.
1: You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. Our message is called Love Your Neighbor as Yourself. It's part of our series, Take Two, The Power of a Fresh Start. It's our look at the book of Deuteronomy, which is God's word to people on the threshold of something new. Maybe that's where you find yourself on the threshold of some new thing and you'd like to listen to the series again. You can ask about ordering a copy of the entire series on CD when you call us at 1-877-OPEN-365. That's 1-877-673-6365 or you can order a copy online. Just come to our website, openthebible.org. Well, Open the Bible is a listener-supported program. We do depend on your generosity to keep Pastor Colin's teaching on this station. And as you give a gift of any amount this month, we'd like to offer you a book by Alistair Begg. It's called The Christian Manifesto. And Colin, who is this book for?
0: Well, it's really for anyone who is concerned about the deepening cultural divisions and hostilities that seem to be engulfing us these days. And I would think that that would include any thoughtful Christian. It is a marvellous book that is just full of the kind of grace and the kind of wisdom that we need. You know, it seems like Christians are often trying to get a sense of, you know, whose side are we on? Which side are we on? And the the answer to that question is we're on the side of Jesus. And Alistair Begg has very wonderfully drawn out from Luke's account of the great. Sermon of Jesus, the distinctive call of the Lord Jesus Christ, the manifesto that's given to us as his followers, which is unlike anything else that will ever be found anywhere in the world. I found it refreshing, stimulating. I found it full of hope and full of wisdom, full of encouragement. And I'm very grateful that we have the opportunity of making this book available this month.
1: Well, we would love to send you a copy of this book, The Christian Manifesto, written by Alistair Begg, as our way of saying thank you for your financial support. You can give online at OpenTheBible.org or call us at 1-877-OPEN-365. That's OpenTheBible.org or 1-877-673-6365. For Pastor Colin Smith, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time. This program is a listener-supported production of Open the Bible. What you know can leave you unaffected. What you celebrate can shape your life. Find out why next time on Open the Bible.